Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Hillary. American Financing is our sponsor this half hour. This is an opportunity for you to get your financial house in order. And boy, do we need that. Uh, right now is the time to consolidate your loans or, or you know, uh, refi your mortgage. If you're paying more than 4% in interest, you need to do this. So um, pay less uh, every single month in, in charges to the bank. That's what interest is, charges to the bank. You're just paying them all of this money. Uh, and, you know, I don't mind them making a profit, but enough is enough and uh, you get the lowest interest rate you possibly can if you consolidate your loans you might be able to save like a thousand dollars a month think of that in these days Um, please do the responsible thing in all parts of your life american financing will help you with the financial part of your life if you have a loan or getting a loan go to americanfinancing.net 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net of entertainment and enlightenment. Mm-hmm. This is the Glenbeck program. Well, hello America. It is Thursday and what a great Thursday it's going to be. We have some amazing amazing stories uh to tell you today some really great things that are happening some uh updates on the news we have the uh the 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 uh attorney general from the state of texas ken paxton is going to be on yesterday he and the the uh the governor we're getting hammered, and I don't think for any real reason, because as soon as the story broke that we had a salon worker going to jail, the governor and the attorney general came out and said, this is insane and has got to stop. He wants to make that point on today's broadcast. Also, the media spinning stories to where even I think I got it wrong. Somebody who used to be on the left and is now on the right, I guess, has given up on the media and called our office yesterday and said, Glenn's got something wrong about the protests in Michigan. (laughs) And And somebody formerly from the left wants to defend now the Michigan protest. That's coming up in about a half an hour. You don't want to miss a second of today's show. Miss a minute, miss a lot. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So Mother's Day is this weekend. Alert this weekend, Mother's Day. Don't forget. Uh, if you gotta, you got to make sure we're going to nail one, one Mother's Day. It's this one, isn't it? With all this stuff going on. Uh, get your mom the best in skincare from Chamonix. Uh, I got my mom uh, this, uh, it was, I guess it was last year was the first year I got it for her. And she still brings it up to this day. I, I definitely suspect it's because she wants more. I, I don't know if, you know, I mean, I, I, I think she's calling me because she loves me, but also because she wants more Chamonix stuff. Um, from now until Mother's Day, which is only a couple of days away. You can get the classic GenuCell and jawline treatment at a discount never offered before. And since it's Mother's Day, they are going to double the order for free. 
Plus, they're going to throw in the GenuCell immediate effects, also free. This is the biggest uh, package they've ever put together like this. Satisfaction is guaranteed or you get your money back, so there's no risk whatsoever. Order the GenuCell Mother's Day special now and get your dub, uh, double your order for free. Go to GenuCell.com or call 800-577-8709. Happy Mother's Day from Chamonix. Get your double order free now at GenuCell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. So there is a great story on on the blaze yesterday it was written and updated last i saw it was last night fundraiser for dallas salon owner shelly luther explodes by the minute after she is jailed for refusing to close her business and actually that's not why she was jailed she was jailed because she refused to apologize to the judge who called her selfish for opening the salon up In that, yesterday, we played the audio of her where she said, I'm not selfish. I have to disagree with you. I'm quoting. When you say that I'm selfish, sir, because feeding my kids is not selfish. I have hairstylists that are going hungry because they'd rather feed their kids. So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids being fed, then go ahead with your decision. But I am not going to shut the salon. So she wouldn't apologize and she wouldn't shut the salon. So he put her in jail. Well, we talked about this as an outrage yesterday, and everybody uh, seems to agree with that. Well, I shouldn't say every. Our audience certainly agrees with that. The GoFundMe page that was set up to help her with her legal uh, woes. Last night, let's see, at the time of this writing, the GoFundMe page has received more than 336000 and rapidly continuing. I checked it about six this morning. Stu, can you check it real quick? Uh, the uh, the Shelley Luther uh, GoFundMe page. When I saw it, it was about five hundred thousand. It was just about to crack five hundred thousand uh, this morning. What is it now? Do you know? Uh, just over five hundred thousand now. Mm-hmm. Just over five hundred thousand. Uh, and I think this is fantastic. Really fantastic. Now the governor came out yesterday and said. Uh, The attorney general, in disagreeing with the excessive action by the Dallas judge, compliance with executive orders is important to ensure public safety. However, surely there are less restrictive means to achieving that goal than jailing a Texas mother. That seems a little light, but we do have to have some rule of law. uh, And I think that we're in a really dicey situation. These are not laws. That's the problem. These are all being done by, in many cases, unelected officials that are just in a department of whatever, and they're deciding. Now, this judge, I think, was just way out of line. So we have today, in about an hour and 15 minutes, we have um, the Texas Attorney General who wrote yesterday, I find it outrageous and out of touch that during this national pandemic, a judge in a county that actually released hardened criminals for fear of contracting COVID-19 would jail a mother for operating her hair salon in an attempt to put food on the family's table. It is a shameful abuse of judicial discretion. Amen. I, I love Ken Paxton. I think he is just outrageously great. Uh, so we're going to find out what he's going to do now. California They've decided to do something else. We're going to talk to a restaurant owner. It's actually a, a it's a wine bar owner who found himself in a situation where he had to open up because he's, he said, I, 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 I'm going to lose my business. 
So there, I, I don't know what to do. I have to open to be able to save my business. And he said, I'm willing to go to jail for that. Well, in California, they didn't threaten jail. They said, we'll take your license away. Now, that's an extra $20,000 expense that he had paid to get his license in California. If they take it away, he won't have a business. So now he's caught between a rock and a hard place. He's not going to jail. He'll just get his business license pulled. And so that won't be as bad because people won't be going to jail, which they think is is so horrible. Well, my life being destroyed is probably worse than going to jail for seven days. But these are the kinds of things that we are we are now uh, looking at. And California is looking at this because the sheriff's department are not doing it. Uh, There's a sheriff in Riverside County. His name is Chad Bianco. And he said, I'm not going to do it. I want to I want to read his. I want to read parts of his statement. He said um, uh, eight weeks ago, Governor Newsom and other officials participated in something never done before in our nation's history. He ordered residents into their homes, closed their businesses, made them wear masks, forbid them from going to church, and eliminated constitutional freedoms put into place over 200 years ago. Man, I want to contribute to this guy's campaign if he's running again. Uh, In the name of public health crisis, our civil liberties and constitutional protections have been placed on hold. Um, officials have asked a lot of residents over the last two months as part of a greater effort to flatten the curve and prevent hospitals from being completely overwhelmed by Corona patients. This is something that we all agreed on. That's how they got us into this. It worked. What isn't being emphasized is that 2000 of the 4,300 people who have tested positive have already recovered and returned to work. What that means is that out of two and a half million people in Riverside County, we only have 2,300 residents positive with this virus. Statistically, that is less than a tenth of one percent. He said the discussion should be based on facts and data, not protections and fear. He said he didn't enforce the law and the uh, the stay at home order from the beginning. He said, uh, I knew people could be trusted to act as responsible adults, and I was correct. As we continue, I will reinforce my position. Not only do we not have the resources to enforce unreasonable orders, I refuse to make criminals out of business owners, single moms, and otherwise healthy individuals for exercising their constitutional rights. I believe Riverside County, this is in California, I believe Riverside County residents are responsible enough to proceed cautiously. Uh, I mean, then he goes on, he says, there cannot be a new normal. Fundamental freedoms of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Any new normal is a direct attack on those basic rights which set us apart and make us the greatest country in the world. Uh, I love you, uh, Sheriff Bianco. I love you. I don't know anything else about you, but I love you. Let me show you. Let me show you the other side of the country. This is coming from de Blasio. De Blasio said that he will not permit people to gather for protests. Okay, let's just let's just go through the First Amendment. You have a right to assemble you have a right to assemble 
You have a right to petition the government. In other words, I can get together and protest with a bunch of people and say, I don't agree with this, what the government is doing. You have that God-given right. Well, no, you really don't. You need a license to protest now. I need a license? Why do I need a license to protest? No. This is the, this is the new civil rights movement. Right now, this is the civil rights movement. Boy, I hope you read your Martin Luther King because Martin Luther King acted in a very specific way and it is the only way to win. But this is the new civil rights movement. These people are taking away your right to petition the government, your right to gather and and gather in a crowd because you want to petition the government. You're getting you're losing your rights to free speech because Google, which is now the public square. I don't care if it's a private company. They have protections because they're a platform. If they want to edit, then they don't get the protections of being a platform, period. They're now the public square. Your voice is not allowed in the public square if you disagree with the authoritative truth. The authoritative truth, that line should chill you to the bone. The authoritative truth, well, it used to be the church back in the dark ages. Now it's a new church. It's a new church of, I don't even know, Science, I can't even say that because a lot of scientists disagree. They're banning doctors and scientists from what they want to say. So let's just continue. You've got the loss of assembly, the loss of petitioning your government the, uh, without a license, so they, they'll, they'll approve it. I mean, what is this, the Soviet Union? You've lost the free press, freedom of speech, and freedom of religion. Why do I say freedom of religion? Have you heard what the governor has said now in, in Illinois? That it may be at least a year before people are uh, allowed to go back to church. Excuse me? Excuse me? At least a year before people are going back to church? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. No, I refuse. No. Now, I could choose not to go to church, but you are not shutting my church down for a year. No. My church was, my church was ahead of all of the other uh, states, all of the other local municipalities that have just turned unbelievably uh, draconian. They came out early. Before anybody was doing anything and they said, we're going to cancel all church services. We're pulling uh, our missionaries home from around the world, et cetera, et cetera. Now, they have already started sending missionaries back out. They haven't opened the services yet. But that's my church deciding. My church has a right to decide when they're going to meet in their own building. And then each individual church member has a right to decide when they're going to attend. What, who do you think you are? By the way, none of these things are laws. None of them are laws. Laws need to be passed. These are dictates. Yes, the root word of dictator. A dictate 
comes from a dictator. Hmm. Now, let me give you one bright spot. <laughs> Except it was reported. It was reported yesterday in Esquire as uh, uh, the hearing was absurd. And I want to give you this but before I let you hear what she said. Uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court justices were hearing a challenge, blah, 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 on the state uh, stay at home order brought by Republicans, yada, 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 yada. Uh, the main center ring attraction was Justice uh, Rebecca Bradley, who was placed on the court as part of the enduring legacy of former Governor Scott Walker in discussing the governor's order. As an assistant attorney general, Colin Roth appeared to be rethinking his career choice because Bradley went full Glenn Beck. Never go full Glenn Beck, according to Esquire. Then they quote her. And this is full Glenn Beck. You tell me what the problem is. My question for you is, where is in the Constitution? You know what? Let me have her say it. We have the audio. Could you play it quickly? My question for you is, where in the Constitution did the people of Wisconsin confer authority on a single unelected cabinet secretary to compel hmm. almost six million people to stay at home and close their businesses and face imprisonment if they don't comply with no input from the legislature without the consent of the people. Isn't it the very definition of tyranny for one person to order people to be imprisoned for going to work among other ordinarily lawful activities? Where does the Constitution say that's permissible, counsel? Then she goes on, I'll direct your attention to another time in history where the Supreme Court said the need for action was great and the time was short and that justified, and I'm quoting, assembling together and placing under guard all those Japanese of, of Japanese ancestry in assembly centers in, uh, during World War II. Could the secretary under this broad delegation of legislative powers or legislative like power order people out of their homes into centers where they're properly social distance in order to combat the pandemic? The point of my question is there are limits, constitution or statutory. There have to be some, don't there, counsel? This was mocked as being full on Glenn Beck. I'm proud if that's full on Glenn Beck. That's fantastic that I would be associated with the Constitution and common sense. Defending common people. Thank you. Thank you to this judge. This, this judge is only saying the things that most Americans have grown up believing in. That we don't listen to people who are not elected officials. Thank you, Justice Rebecca Bradley, for your balls to say these things. Back in just a minute. Gives you a little hope that <laughs> we're not going to spiral out of control. That maybe there's somebody tapping the brakes. All right. Visibility and control have suddenly become very prized commodities, and it can be really easy to lose focus and let important things slide. If you're a business owner, that is the kiss of death. I want to talk to you now about NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is something I wish I had when we were you know, starting the blaze and running the blaze because we had no optics. There was nobody that was even looking at the things we were trying to look at at the time. Well, NetSuite is out. We now use this as the, at the blaze. 
notice the success rate of the blaze since we can now have metrics and look at absolutely everything this is a dashboard you can look at all your financials your cash flow your payroll your inventory everything you need in your business you'll have visibility and total control if you want to take your business from a three million to a ten million dollar business or a three million and keep it at a three million you've got to do everything right it is cutthroat with business now you can't make any errors please more than any other time it is so important to have all of the facts of your business and make the right decisions. NetSuite will help you do it. They're helping us do it now. NetSuite.com slash Beck. NetSuite.com slash Beck. You can go there now. Download your free guide, free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits. But I urge you to look into uh, their NetSuite program by Oracle. Please look into this. See if it's right for your business. We need you on the front lines bringing America back. NetSuite.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, Station ID. So did you see that the, uh, uh, the guy who writes Black Mirror? He said, I can't write anymore. We're already there. <laughs> wait, 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 what? What? No, 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 don't say that to me. It's like, you know, Rod Stur- Rod Serling coming out and saying, nah, world's already too weird. Yeah. <laughs> you can't come up with something? <laughs> help us, help us. How many times he have said we we're uh, already... Yeah, we've, how many times have we said that this stuff is actually already happening? I mean, the, the, the social media yeah, credit score thing was one of those early episodes that China is just in, yeah. just doing right now. Well, because he's not doing what Rod Serling did was less scientific. You know, it was just more philosophical in nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is this is he's a futurist. What 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 Black Mirror is showing us is a possible future. Uh, and unfortunately for us now, time is moving so fast that a year after an episode airs a Black Mirror, you're like, wait, I saw this one. This is freaking me. <laughs> this is freaking me out a little bit. Uh, And that's what he's saying. We're already in this dystopian future, and I don't want to make things worse by depressing people. Uh, I don't think you're depressing people. You're warning people. Uh, You know, I've been saying some of the things on social, um, you know, about social media and the social credit score for years. Black Mirror got the word out much better than I did. Please don't stop. We have to discuss the future. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right. If you're looking to sell your home, now is the time to get ready. Uh, There is a couple of things, and I I hope to have time today, but I doubt it. I'll have to get to it tomorrow. Um, But there are some things that are going on with the economy that you need to know about. This this the full impact of this has not hit us yet. It's coming. It's still coming. So what you're feeling now is nothing compared to what you're going to feel like probably in September. Real estate is going to change. I need you to have your house prepared if you have to sell your house. Get it prepared. Get the right real estate agent. So when things open back up, you can sell your house as fast as you can for the most amount of money. 
Uh, if you're looking to buy a house, you need somebody who understands that things are changing and houses are going to be cheaper and can negotiate and get the right price. Know where you need to live. They're an expert in your area. We'll help you find the right real estate agent. It's a free service to you. Just contact realestateagentsitrust.com. If you have urgency and you want your real estate agent to have the same kind of urgency, realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Only a couple days left here for the big discount on Blaze TV and your subscription. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and get 30 bucks off. Oh, yeah. This is the Glenn Beck program. So yesterday, I get a, a phone call from somebody on my staff, and they said, uh, Glenn, uh, you remember uh, Carolyn uh, Borsanko? And I said, yeah, isn't she the woman from, like, New Hampshire? She's the, the Zen psychologist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. She was the one who went to the—she uh, was a, a, a lefty, and she went to a Trump rally— because she didn't like being told, you know, what to do. And she wanted to conquer her fear and everything else. And she found out that, wow, Trump people are really nice. It's not like what everybody is saying that they are. She's got a really, really great open mind. When I talked to her on the air, I said, I think, I don't think you're, I think you're actually joining our side. I think you're come to the dark side. Uh, and uh, we laughed about it. And so I thought, why is she calling she was calling because of what I said yesterday, apparently on the air about uh, the Michigan rally. And I was warning people, please know that we are an image driven society. Please, if you're carrying something, if you're that's why I, and at my things, I've always said, please, no signs, no signs, because the media will just latch on to one image and then it's over. You have to be careful don't drive, you know, up to these things with a, a with a firearm. Just you have the right to do it. Yes, you do. But the media will latch on to those things and it will hurt you in the long run. So just be careful. So when I got that call, I thought, OK, Carolyn, uh, she's she didn't come to the dock side. She's back to her dock side. No, not so much. She actually wanted to correct me and make sure that I knew that. These were really good people at these protests. Carolyn, welcome to the program. Hi, Glenn. Thank you. And it's Carlin, like George Carlin. Oh, Carlin. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Carlin. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, so, uh, do I have the story right? Yeah, yeah, essentially. So I ended up speaking to the organizers of the Michigan protest the other day on my YouTube channel, just because I was fascinated with the whole thing. And we had yes. a great conversation. And then just comparing what they said to what was in the media, it was, there, there are some discrepancies. I love you. I absolutely <laughs> love you. I really do. I think you're amazing. Okay. So what are the discrepancies? I, I know of one, the guy who was the guy who has he's kind of balding and he's got a big beard uh, and he was photographed and it looks like he's yelling at the police. But actually, he's not yelling at the police. Uh, no, is that right? He is not yelling at the police at all. He's yelling past the police because they're yelling into the room where the vote was taking place. And the entire goal of this rally was to make sure the legislature in Michigan voted not to be able to not to extend the governor's executive's order. That was the whole goal. And so they were yelling at them as they were taking the vote to vote no. 
and that's not the way it was spun. Okay, no, so you say that there, you say that there are the, the things that maybe I or other conservatives are doing uh, that uh, is we have wrong. So tell, talk to the conservatives that and me that may have it wrong. Go ahead. Yeah. You know- the, the biggest thing is that the entire rally was coordinated with law enforcement from the very beginning. So there's this this perception that the police were put in danger, law enforcement was put in danger. That's absolutely untrue. The organizers of the rally coordinated with law enforcement literally every step of the way, leading up to the rally, the day before the rally, during the rally. They coordinated with law enforcement to make sure there was a specific path kept open for the hospital in case people needed to get there. Permits were issued when they went into the Capitol building, their temperature were taken. It was all very orderly. The militia folks that were there, the ones with the, the big guns, which I agree is not the best the best photo in the world, but there are other photos that show that the police were actually like hanging out with the militia guys and smiling. So there wasn't right. an adversarial relationship. Right. Everyone was working together. So, I, 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 so, so Carlin, I want you to know that I don't believe there is an adversarial relationship with the police. I know these kinds of people. I've, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. I know these kinds of people. Um, what I, I learned from Martin Luther King, that love is always the answer. That's great. These people are loving people for the most part. I mean, there's creeps in every crowd. But these are families. These are regular Americans that believe in good things and yada, yada, yada. Um, but the what I'm always concerned about is the other thing I learned from Martin Luther King. It is an image that will destroy you. It is one photograph that will destroy you. It's the dogs barking um, with really peaceful black people walking down the street that turned America's head because there was no way to position that. So I'm just concerned about the images. King was very disciplined. And it's hard with libertarians to say, okay, guys, we've got to organize and have a set of rules. It's like herding cats can't be done. Mm -hmm. But we have to have discipline to make sure because we know how dishonest the press is. We know how images will be used against us because it's been done before. And, and I agree with everything that you just said, but I guess I'm going to push back a little and say, at what point does the media have some responsibility, and I'm talking to the conservative media now, to make sure they are telling the full and accurate story of what happened to push back against some of these misconceptions? Because I'm just a random person on the Internet, and I was able to tell this. And so, so you guys have some responsibility as well. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Carla, I absolutely agree with you. And if I have let the audience down on that, I apologize and we will double our effort on it. Um, uh, But I I will tell you that uh, listening to you talk, you will not be able to relate to this. I have waited for you. I was just listening to you give that first point. And I thought to myself with a smile on my face. And I thought I have waited for someone like her for 15 years i have waited for i really have carlin i really have and so has this audience you are somebody who is you're not in lockstep with everything that i say or whatever you've come from the left and you just you just want the truth we're not talking politics you just want the truth your voice until they discredit you your voice um brings a hope and an awful lot of credibility because this is not your horse. 
And so some of us have been beaten down by the press for so long and destroyed. We have to we want to make sure we're uber, uber careful because we're on the front line of being you will be soon. But we're on the front line of being attacked. And we've learned our lesson in the past. That doesn't mean we've given up the fight by any chance uh, or any stretch of the imagination. We're just more cautious on things because we know how fast one mistake will just absolutely destroy you. Oh, does that I, make sense? I yeah, it, it does. I mean, and it's certainly a conversation I've had with so many conservatives over the past several months. And, you know, it, it's something that I that I hear. And listen, I'm I'm fully willing to step up and be, be the, a truth teller in this scenario. But I simply hope that I'm not the only one that's telling the story of You're not. These regular Joes that, that organized you... this rally because they wanted to do the right thing. <laughs> Yeah, you're 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 absolutely not. We have reached out to many of the organizers in different states. I've got four people on today that are going to tell their story about what's going on. So you're not alone. (laughs) That's make sure you know that. And if you ever feel alone, you call me. I want you. My staff will give you. I don't have a phone, so uh, they'll Ah. give you a way to contact me personally. They'll give you my private email address so you can contact me directly. Because you're not alone. You give me a lot of hope. All right. So the, the next thing uh, that you, you think needs to be corrected. Well, and the law enforcement was, was a big one. Oh, another thing that I haven't heard talk about is that there were literally zero warnings from law enforcement issued at this entire rally. There was only one arrest that was, that was made. And, and okay, Glenn, do you want to guess what the one arrest was at this rally? Want to guess who it was? <laughs> Uh, no, go ahead. Anifa. It, it, it was a Democrat. <laughs> it was a Democrat. It was protesting. And what were the they rally. were? What were they arrested for? What were they arrested they were, for? They were kicking people at the rally. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Was that was that even reported anywhere? I don't. I don't believe it was, but it, it's on my YouTube oh my channel. Gosh. The interview that I did with them. Um, and another thing um, is uh, the elected representatives, as they were taking the vote, they were actually in communication with the people at the rally. They were like texting back and forth because a guy at the rally knew the Senate Majority Leader, and so the people inside. I mean, I've seen these tweets come out basically saying, "Oh, we were so scared of these people." They knew what was going on. They were coordinating and talking back and forth the whole time. And so I have a really hard time believing that anyone was actually scared carlin i love you i do (laughs) i just can't thank you enough uh for just being interested in the truth and and being brave enough to take on your own your own circle i mean nobody wants to be a pariah nobody wants to have to recheck everything that they thought they believed in it's a it's a scary thing but everyone should do that on both sides and you're you're just a great example just a great example for so many people thank you thank you thank you you need anything you call me well i don't have a phone you write me (laughs) thank you so much Glenn. i'll take you up on it Please do. I mean it sincerely. Hang on. They'll give you my private email address. Thank you so much. Um, uh, that's uh, Dr. Carlin Borisenko, who I love. Can I have your private email address? Nope. Cannot have it. Maybe after you 30 years. You know how many people have it. <laughs> yeah, she, she has no idea. There's, there's people I've known for a long time. 
do not have my private email address. Yeah, I, the doctor should probably know. You might actually answer her emails too. Well, that would be, in, that would yeah. be amazing. Everyone in the, yeah. well, the company see, would be I like, made wow. Some mistakes. I made some mistakes. I gave some people my private email address, like Stu. Mm-hmm. And he writes, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> all these words. <laughs> what am I? All these words I have to read, please. Uh, all right, relief factor. The most, the most common reaction relief factor gets from its customers when they write in is surprise. They're like, I can't believe how well this works. I know, I know, right? I think maybe it's because we come in with such low expectations. You're hearing about something that was created by doctors, but it's not a drug and it's going to relieve the pain that you've been dealing with forever. And you're like, I've tried everything. It's not going to work. So I guess it's natural that you're surprised because you've been beaten down. This is usually not the first place people stop. You know, they go to doctors and they try all kinds of prescriptions and everything else. And they're like, God, God, there's nothing that works. And then somebody says, you should try a relief factor. And you're like, it's not going to work because nothing does. Oh, yeah. This thing you heard from some clown on the radio. Yeah, that's going to work. I'm telling you, it does. Did for me. Please just give them a shot. You're down to how many options left? Try it. Try their three-week quick start. If it works for you, it's going to work in probably the first three or four weeks. If it's not, if you see nothing, probably not going to work for you. So stop taking it. ReliefFactor.com. I take it three times a day. I have for two years. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. A lot of people in this country would be delighted to pay more in taxes. Finding yourself speechless listening to progressive arguments? Arm yourself with the facts. Arguing with Socialists, a new book from Glenn Beck. Get it now on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You're listening to Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, The unemployment numbers uh, are coming out today for the first time uh, unemployment benefits filers. Uh, What is the number today? Five, eight. The unemployment rate currently? Or are you talking about the... uh, No, no, no. The the, the numbers. So five and a half million. Three point two million today filed for the first time. Oh, three point two. Which is the lowest it's been in several weeks. Um, would but would also be one of the top six or seven of all time. So, yeah. It, it, yeah. so it's not good. No, not really. It's not good. I tried to break the fall by saying it was a, a five or over five. So then three eight, you're like, oh my gosh, that's good. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, remember we we were adding jobs. Uh, now we're just shedding jobs like crazy. Tomorrow the actual unemployment number comes out. Uh, for April, but it doesn't include all of the weeks, right? It doesn't take us up to this last number or the number before, right? You it? get a few weeks of April, but not the entire month. Uh, there's a lot of estimates out there now that people believe states, many states have 25 plus percent unemployment rates. This the actual unemployment rate of the country might be right now in the in the mid 20s, uh, 23, 24, something like that. We don't know. But we're not going to see that to number. No, it shouldn't be that high tomorrow. We don't think because it's not going to include the whole month of April, which is going to be the most disastrous month in theory of this uh, of this situation. Right. So we might see we might see uh, an unemployment rate of what are they projecting? 
I would I would imagine 13 to 15 percent. And then uh, but that's that's still according to the way we used to measure in World War Two. The shadow stat number is currently about 27 percent unemployment in the country. Uh, And you have you have now these temporary layoffs turning permanent all across America. Uh, Nearly half of the uh, small businesses in America, 52% of American small businesses expected to close within six months. New survey society for human resource management found 52% of small businesses expect to be out of business within the next six months. Uh, They just say that they've just been, they've just been wiped out and they're holding on, but they don't think with, without opening things back up, they're going to, they're going to be able to do it. This is, this is the this is the real problem is not only do we uh, have these draconian measures now, uh, how long do they last? Businesses cannot operate at 25 percent capacity. I mean, it's, you're just prolonging the the problem. Uh, and even if people opens things up right now, how many of us are just going to go back out into the mall and shopping and, you know, be in crowded restaurants? I mean, most of us won't do it. Uh, so, you know, again, the thing we have to fear is fear itself. Uh, it's a real problem. And if you think America has had the shock from this, we're not even close. We're not even close to the effects that we are going to see, especially as we begin to open things back up. Six months from now, a year from now, I don't think you're going to recognize the way things are in our country. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Hello, America. It's Thursday. We've got a, an absolutely jam-packed hour for you. You're going to love. We're going to talk a little bit about Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Brad Meltzer is uh, with us. The Lincoln Conspiracy is his new book. It's probably a story you've never heard before. It's just fantastic. Uh, the secret plot to kill Abraham Lincoln. But uh, Lincoln comes to mind at this point. We're probably facing the biggest crisis that we have faced since World War II or the Civil War. Uh, and I'd like to get his perspective on that. Also, coming up in just a few minutes, we have the Attorney General of Texas, a guy I absolutely love, Ken Paxton. He is outraged at what happened with the salon owner where she went to jail here in Dallas, Texas. He put a strong message out yesterday. Now he's in trouble with all of the judges of Texas. They don't don't you try to intimidate us. I don't think that's what he was doing. He was just calling this particular judge stupid. We talked to him coming up in just a few minutes. Don't miss a second. This is the Glenbeck program. All right. Patriot Mobile is a way for all of us to stick together and have somebody on our side uh, that is actually helping us. Now, when you make a phone call, you don't think about, you know, helping Planned Parenthood. But every time you make a phone call uh, with some of these big uh, carriers, AT&T and others, uh, you are helping Planned Parenthood because they give a portion of their profits to things that you don't agree with. uh, Anti-Second Amendment, uh, Planned Parenthood and everything else. 
So Patriot Mobile was started by veterans uh, years ago, and uh, they thought we 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 have to be able to do something better and not give, you know, our, our enemies of the Constitution money. So they came up with Patriot Mobile. Now, everybody uses the same cell tower. So you're getting the same great service. Uh, you're getting better uh, customer service. You're getting much better prices. They don't uh, have any kind of hidden fees. Look at your next cell bill and see all of the fees that are in there and ask yourself, what, what are those fees? What, what? Patriot Mobile doesn't have those fees. Interesting, isn't it? They'll also waive your activation, plus send you a free gift when you use the offer code BECK. Call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Or visit PatriotMobile.com slash BECK. That's PatriotMobile.com slash BECK. They have plans starting at just $25 right now. Switch over to the good guys. PatriotMobile.com slash BECK. Brad Meltzer is a good friend of mine. Uh, I don't know if we even need to introduce him, but he is the author of a new book called The Lincoln Conspiracy, The Secret Plot. Anytime that Brad Meltzer is on, it is always a tour de force uh, of history. Welcome, Brad. How are you? I'm good, my friend. How are you doing? Uh, very good. Very good. Uh, I... Uh, I brought a couple of things in uh, on Lincoln that I thought you might appreciate. Uh, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do it. I know. <laughs> oh, I give a give a hint. Somewhere in the room in the studio today, for anybody who's playing our game, you know, Glenn's studio, there is a Lincoln uh, artifact uh, behind me that if you guess what it is, you win a copy of my new book. Uh, but uh, this I brought with me is a piece of Abraham Lincoln's coat. It is actually the collar that he was wearing uh, that night uh, that he was shot and finally killed. Um, you can see the rest of the jacket at Ford's Theater, but it's missing its collar. And this is the missing piece that somebody uh, cut off of him uh, that night, which is awful. He, yeah, he I've, was, seen the he was, I've seen the cuffs under the shirt. The cuffs are in a military museum out in Maryland. Uh, but yes, the jacket's obviously at Ford's Theater. So it's all these different pieces make up the whole. It's incredible. Yeah, and it's it's weird, Brad, how uh, they treated him even as he was dying. But we'll we get into that maybe some other time because you're going to tell a story that most people don't know uh, in the Lincoln conspiracy, and it's one of my favorite Lincoln stories. Tell me. Yeah, we we all know the story of John Wilkes Booth ending Lincoln's presidency, but this is the story of the first secret plot to kill Abraham Lincoln at the very start. Because in order to be sworn in as America's 16th president, as you know, Lincoln had to take a train from his home in Springfield, Illinois, to Washington, D.C. And the only way to get there was to go through Baltimore. But Maryland at the time was a slave state. So the plan was simple. A secret society planned to ambush Lincoln when he came through Baltimore and end his presidency before it even began. And this is the story. And it's all true. All really happened. This is the true story of uh, this secret conspiracy that very few people even know existed. So tell me the story, because Lincoln was like the, what is it, 53rd vote of the Republican Party uh, at their convention. Uh, it was uh, a, uh, what do you call it, uh, 
uh, the convention we've been thinking of was coming for the Democrats, the kind where the, you don't have a nominee, so you have to go in to vote uh, over and over and over again until you get a consensus to, to nominate your, 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 the, the final nominee, uh, a brokered convention. It's like 52nd yeah. vote was for Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and then and people didn't I mean, they didn't know who he was when you did know who he was. He looked un, he was described at the time as uncouth uh, and and grotesque. He was, he was described as ugly. Uh, Flat. They said no politician yeah. has ever been uglier. He, they were ruthless. And, and as you said, <laughs> they had they, right. they Glenn, they didn't know who he was. We found an old campaign poster and someone and it literally says vote for Abram Lincoln. They spelled his name wrong on his own poster. That's how little they know. <laughs> so Which when he gets to Baltimore, he doesn't he doesn't even know how split the country is. He he doesn't know how hated he is already and how close the country is to just full on civil war. Right. I mean, they give, you know, it, it is an incredible time in America. And and as he's making this ride, I mean, this is. He is truly, he's three days after he's elected. Three days is how much time they give him. South Carolina passes a resolution saying we're seceding from the union. So the hate mail starts pouring in. And as they're starting, they, they have no idea how the culture is split. So, and that's why we wrote this book is that it's this time in American politics where you see the culture split in two. You see that whatever side you're on, you hate the other side. You think the other side are complete horrible people. Does that sound familiar to you, Glenn? Right? It's like exactly yeah, totally. where we are right now. And it's why exactly. you see what a great leader does in that situation. It, you know, is, is Lincoln tries to, with all his power not to divide us, but to unite us, even in the midst of this plot to murder him. Um, and, and one of my favorite scenes is, you know, there's a train in the middle of the night. The train, it's a speeding train filled with passengers. And we're looking at four of them in particular. There's two businessmen, there's a woman, and she has an invalid brother. But none of them are who they say they are. So the, the businessman is actually Alan Pinkerton, famous detective, head of the Pinkerton Detective Agency. The woman is Kate Warren. She's America's first female private eye. And her so-called brother isn't her brother, and he's certainly not an invalid. That's Abraham Lincoln. They put him in a disguise. They've given him a secret code name. They're whisking him away to make sure the secret society doesn't get him. And, you know, I just ruined chapter one of the Lincoln conspiracy, but that's okay for you, right? I mean, like, <laughs> that's, that's, it's an unbelievable scene. Yeah, it is. It, it, what, what's um, incredible is, and, and maybe you would know this, did they make him an invalid? Because I know as they snuck him out of a theater, but, uh, you'll have to excuse me. You're fresh on the research. This is years ago, uh, my research. So correct me when I'm wrong. Um, but they brought him into a theater and then snuck him out the back. And they told him, you got to take the hat off and hunch down. Uh, and they put like a shawl over him. And he had him hunched yeah, down no, because he was so great. tall. Okay. Yeah, good. well, that's the thing is, you know, uh, he's 6'4". No one had even seen. If you lived in America at that time, you didn't you didn't know anyone six four. It's like trying to hide yeah. LeBron James today. And and so yeah, Correct. they have to hunch him over. It's one of my favorite scenes in the in the whole book is when they tell him, "Listen, they're coming to kill you. We got to get you out of here." And basically, he's in this hotel room in the middle of the night. He's exhausted, and they say to him, "Listen, in Philadelphia, and you're gonna. I want to tell a story just for you because you're gonna love this part of it." Is uh, they tell him, "You have an event in Philadelphia tomorrow." 
we got to make you skip the event. We're going to get you to D.C. earlier. And Lincoln says, I'm not missing the event in Philadelphia. And they're like, what's in Philadelphia? And the reason Lincoln won't miss the event in Philadelphia is because the next day in Philadelphia, they are honoring the birthday of one of Lincoln's most favorite heroes, a man named George Washington. And no way is George Washington. I know he's one of yours heroes, or of course, one of mine. We've talked about it at length. Like, no way is Lincoln missing honoring George Washington. And we found the actual speech that Lincoln gives. He goes to Philly the next day, even though it means risking his life. And he gives this speech. And the speech is at Independence Hall. He's talking about the beauty of the Declaration, giving everyone an equal chance. And Lincoln says, if we can't save the country without that principle, and he pauses and he says, I was about to say, I would rather be assassinated on this spot than surrender. And what I love is that in that moment, Abraham Lincoln absolutely knows there's a plot to kill him when he says, assassinate me on this spot. And it's right after that, that as you said perfectly, you picked it right up, is uh, they whisk him right out of there. We won't ruin how and how they sneak him out, but that's when they sneak him out of there and, and get to save his life. I did not know that part of the story. That is a great part of the story. Um, yeah, no, that's did, the one we found. Link- I was proud of that one. That Washington, that Washington one was like, oh, my gosh, it's all coming together. Do you include anything uh, on Charles Stone, Charles Pomeroy Stone? Yeah, Charles Stone um, is in the book, and I'm trying to remember what we put on there. Uh, he's an Army officer, and he's the inspector. I think uh-huh. the inspector general of Washington, D.C., and he has some testimony at the time, because what happens is as they're trying to find this plot, as you know, and I love that I'm talking to you who knows the answer, but they have a, a secret committee. It's called the Committee of Five, and it's, you know, to try and find out uh, what this plot is. And the real name that they give to it is the Treason Committee. They want to know who it is. And one of the people that they bring, you know, Charles Stone is there, but they, they, they bring in there is a guy named Cipriano Ferrandini. And he is the leader of the secret society that's plotting to kill Lincoln. And it's one of my favorite lines in the book. They say they finally have Cipriano Ferrandini exactly where they want him, under oath. And he looks up at these congressmen and they say to him, you know, hey, uh, Ferrandini is a barber of all things. And he's a barber in a Baltimore fancy hotel. You go into the basement of this hotel, you whisper the right password, you whisper the right code word. And they, he will potentially tell you the secret plot to kill Abraham Lincoln. These are the men that they're trying to catch. And they lie under oath. The Congress, I mean, it's like almost no different than today. Congress has them right there, but just doesn't ask the right questions, doesn't ask if he knows anyone. Everyone's kind of turning their heads, and they all walk out. And it, it's and Congress completely ineffectual to catching anybody. It takes Alan Pinkerton and the Pinkerton detectives to save the day. Uh, do you know the the rest of the story with Charles Pomeroy Stone? The reason why I ask is because he played a role uh, in the you know the first assassination, helping Lincoln during the first assassination. Um, but he he later plays a very important role uh, in American history. Do you do you know that? I don't. I know the first one. You know that his he's story. The one who testifies that it's real. I don't know the end end of his story. What's what happens at the okay, end? Okay, so. So he goes to uh, the uh, fight in the Civil War. He is a guy who does not hate the South. He's more like Lincoln. He doesn't hate the South. He just wants the Civil War to end. So he's fighting on the northern side, but he's not 
he ref- he refuses to engage in the, you know I hate him I hate him I hate him and this pisses a lot of the people on the north on uh, north off and uh, he's set up by Congress uh, to look like he was the cause of of this huge disaster in the battle but he wasn't even near it Congress takes him they try him in Congress they they don't really even. Uh, they don't give him a chance to respond. He's arrested, but he's arrested without charge. He's held in prison. Lincoln finds out about it, uh, and it's like six months he's been in prison. And Lincoln says, stop it right now. Release him and release anybody uh, without charge, uh, uh, you know, or you're in trouble. And they didn't. They waited another three months. Finally, they finally release him. He's so... Oh, discouraged. He can't. His job or his name is 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 another Lincoln reference. Mud. Mud. Uh, He can't. Yeah, uh, yeah. he can't. He can't find any work. He is disgusted by the people that, you know, his country betrayed him. He goes overseas. He's in Egypt. He uh, does work over in Egypt uh, for the French. He finally comes home in the 1870s, I think, late 1870s. And uh, there's a knock on his door, and it's the government. And they said, did you work with the French? And they said, yes. And he said, uh, why, what do you need? And they say, your country needs you. Um, we just got this box of stuff, and all of the instructions are in French, and we don't know how to put it together. Would you build the base for the Statue of Liberty and help us build oh, the Statue of Liberty? fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And that, so a guy who had betrayed. We love those those lost stories are yeah, so I know. vital. I mean, and, and listen, we all know, yeah. and you know, listen, we filled the book with them, of course. Like we all know the story of Abraham Lincoln at the end of his life. If I woke any American up in the middle of the night, three a.m., and I said, "Tell me about Abraham Lincoln," they would blurt out, "Free the slaves," you know, Emancipation Proclamation, and a top yeah. hat, log cabin, all the right. cliches we know. What I love is this: is the book has when you read the Lincoln conspiracy. It has Lincoln at the beginning of his presidency. So you see him making mistakes. You see him doubting himself. When he gets the nomination for the presidency, you know where he is? He's in an alleyway in the newspaper building playing handball, of all things, being a regular guy. When he goes to leave and he wins the presidency and he has to leave Illinois, one of the last things he does is he goes back to his home. He wants to see his father's grave, which I know to you and I is, you know, hits you right in the heart. And then he wants to see his stepmom, who's still alive, who he adores. There's this beautiful moment where he found a recollection of someone who was there. And he, Abraham Lincoln walks into his stepmother's house. He's so physically big. His stepmother's in a rocking chair. He puts his arm, leans down, puts his arms around her and hugs her in and the entire chair as she sits in it. She starts crying. Wow. He supposedly starts crying. And when he leaves her to go to the White House, she says, I'm worried that he's going to be assassinated. I'm never going to see him again. And she's absolutely right. And when you see Abraham Lincoln in those human, normal moments, you know, one of the mistakes we make with our heroes in the culture is we build these great, amazing monuments to them, and then we worship there, and we do them a huge disservice because we forget Uh they're human beings just like us. And whoever you look up to, whether it's Abraham Lincoln, whether it's Rosa Parks or George Washington, they have moments where they were scared and terrified and didn't think they could go on, but they do. To see Abraham Lincoln in the book, they lose the inaugural address he's so disorganized. He's doubted himself at all times, and he's just like us. We are all of us, Glenn. You know, especially right now, we are all 
terrified and brave. We are all cowards and we are all strong. Some of us in the same day, some of us within the same minute. And I think, you know, what I am so proud of when it comes to this book is being able to share that Abraham Lincoln is just like the rest of us. All right, uh, Brad, hang on, because I want to ask you one question related to today and what's going on uh, with Abraham Lincoln. Back with Brad Meltzer. The, the uh, Lincoln Conspiracy is the book, and it is, uh, it's Brad Meltzer. It's just fantastic. Uh, you're going to learn so much on American history, and it's a great read. The Lincoln Conspiracy. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Tacovis Boots. I was out at the uh, barn yesterday, and yeah. Yeah, we did another bonfire yesterday. Yeah, white trash, man. I live two doors down from Rex Tillerson, uh, the former Secretary of State, and and I'm so proud that no matter how much money he has, he still can't get away from white trash having a big bonfire in the back. We're just burning stuff from the barn, Rex. I hope you don't mind. Uh, but we were wearing our Tacovas boots yesterday. I was wearing mine. A couple of the other guys that are helping me out, they were wearing theirs. Uh, and it, what's great about a Tacovas boot is it's uh, it's a boot that you can wear with a suit, but it is also a boot that you can wear out in the barn if you if you care to. They are really durable they're really great they're made exactly the way they were made in the cowboy days so these are the authentic boots takes 200 steps to make these things all by hand um, and they're half the price of a boot of any similar quality it's tecovas find your pair now at tecovas t-e-c-o-v-a-s dot com slash back that's tecovas dot com slash back tecovas western goods for your frontiers 10 seconds station id Brad Meltzer is with us. So, Brad, I've been uh, painting. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a I'm a painter, and I I've painted a few people: uh, Native American, Mao, Churchill, uh, wearing a mask, uh, and uh, I painted a Lincoln with a mask on it. I'm painting it because I think these guys are the last people to wear masks. I find humor in it, but people are not taking them that way. Uh, they're taking them like well, Lincoln would never have worn a mask. I just I'm about 50 percent done with this Washington uh, and everybody is tweeting me going do not put a mask on him. My question is a historian. How do you think these guys would have handled this? Do you think they would have been doing all this? We have one minute. Yeah. You know, the one thing I think about Abraham Lincoln is that everyone is like Abraham Lincoln would have stood for this. He would have fought back. He would have. Abraham Lincoln rarely met anything with a fist. Abraham Lincoln met things with his head. And I obviously, I think people are taking a, li- a bit too literally here, right? I mean, it's not yeah, the literal right, thing right, right. he has to do. It, you're making a statement, and, and we need people to make statements about where we are right now. And the fact you're getting a rise means you're doing something right, means you're touching people in a good way, making them think. And I think Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, if anything, uh, they want people to think. That is a good thing, not a bad thing. Brad Meltzer, thank you so much for being on the program. God bless you. We'll talk to you again, my friend. BradMeltzer.com. The name of the book is The Lincoln Conspiracy, The Secret Plot to Kill America's 16th President and Why It Failed. This is as he was getting into office, not his last thing in office. You're listening to Glenn.
American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Okay, I think there's a couple of big mistakes. One is the fear of missing out. Uh, if you got money and you're you're going to be thinking, "Wow, the stock market's going up. It's going. It's getting better." Uh, fear fear of missing out. Yeah, well, uh, there's going to be another big leg down on the stock market. So don't get caught up in that. The other is thinking that everything is going to be normal and it's going to be fine, or you're going to be able to easily get a loan later. I don't think so. Um, and right now, if you have a mortgage that is over four percent four percent or over you need to reach out to american financing if you're looking for a loan you're going to go to some of these big banks and they are just going to the funding is going to dry up in some places it already has please if you need a loan now is the time to act and the people to act with americanfinancing.net you need to lower all of your payments and if you have a loan at four percent or above you can do that if you can get a consolidation loan now with your mortgage you're going to save a buttload of money do it now americanfinancing.net and go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. Get 30 bucks off your subscription. They're ending this deal soon. you got to get it now. The promo code is Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. So you might know the story of the Dallas salon owner. Uh, her name is Shelly Luther. And she went back to work because, well, I'll, I'll, let's play the audio of her before the judge. Uh, what, yesterday or the day before? Here's what she said to the judge after he said, I'm going to punish you with jail unless you apologize and uh, close your shop. Here's her response. Judge, I would like to say that I have much respect for this court and laws. And that I've never been been in this position before. And it's not some place that I want to be. But I have to disagree with you, sir, when when you say that I'm selfish. Because feeding my kids is not selfish. I have hairstylists that are going hungry because they'd rather feed their kids. So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision, but I am not going to shut the salon. This is, this is a civil rights moment. This is a new civil rights m- movement. These, these are unelected officials um, making dictates. And, you know, there's one thing to say, hey, we really recommend this and we really want you to do this. And another with giving you either as they're doing now in California, they're not putting you in jail. They're they're giving you absolutely crippling uh, fines or taking away your business license. So you're done. You're just out. There's no place to go. So Ken Paxton, who is the attorney general of the great state of Texas yesterday, uh, came out and he was, I'd say, pretty darn strong on uh, on his uh, stance. He put out a letter along with uh, Greg Abbott uh, and and basically basically took the judge and what's going on apart. We have Ken Paxton on with us now, the attorney general of the great state of Texas and a friend. Hello, Ken. How are you? Hey, Glenn. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very good. All right. I'm glad to hear when I saw your tweet yesterday, I was so happy to hear 
that you were you were on the side of common sense. Um, tell me your stance, because you're now getting heat from judges. So tell me what you what you said yesterday about this whole thing. I just said, you know, this is re- ridiculous. It's outrageous that a woman who went out to work, who, who needs an income, was put in jail. And I understand there are orders relating to this and, and maybe consequences that, you know, happen to people. But putting someone in jail, especially in light of Dallas County releasing or wanting to release, you know, criminals who have been convicted because they're afraid they're going to get corona. And now you're putting a woman in, in, in a jail where, where she could get corona. So I, it makes no sense to me. You wrote, the trial judge did not need to lock up Shelley Luther. His order is shameful abuse of judicial discretion, which seems like another political stunt in Dallas. He should release her immediately. I hope he'll listen to that. I hope that he'll come to his senses. Uh, I think that these judges are all banding together in Dallas County to to criticize my statements. But look, this is a, a, I mean, this is just a regular citizen. She did not, she didn't go out and shoplift in, in Dallas, which, is not a crime there apparently, um, and, and she not. hasn't committed any kind of crime. So I don't, I do not think she should be in prison. Ken, where do we? Uh, the The governor is in uh, a just a heck of a spot, uh, and I know Greg Abbott, and I respect him, so I give him a lot of of room here. Um, mainly because I would not want to be in his position. He loses either way. If he does nothing, he loses. If he does too much, he loses. For some people, if he does anything, he loses. So there's no place for him to go. How do we balance uh, this? I mean, me and a lot of other people think the governors and the president and the mayors should come out and say, look, this, these are the scientific facts. You need to stay home. We're, we're, we're not going to throw anybody in jail, but you need to stay home. Please, let's do this together. Otherwise, if you make it an edict, you're violating all of my civil rights. Yeah, I, I think you make a really good point. One, we don't have like a, a, a model to look at. We haven't been through this before. There's nobody that knows how to do it right. And, and everybody's there's not a single governor, whether they have good motives, bad motives, who's going to get this 100% right and get the balance between protecting health and safety versus protecting people's ability to, to make a living and, and what impact that has on their lives. And so I think the, the, we, we should do the least amount that we can do to protect people's lives. And so I think the governor's, you know, he's, he's struggling with that balance and he's trying to, he's trying to get there. And, you know, we're going to, I think, be one of the faster states that moves towards opening up and letting people work and letting, let it be individual decisions about, because I think people are, are educated now. They, they know they, they've been sufficiently scared about the coronavirus. And I think they should now be making their own decisions about what risk they want to take based on their own health situation and their age and their I absolutely. responsible for themselves. You know, I used this example. Uh, I used this example last hour uh, that uh, my church uh, moved to close down services before any state or government did anything. They said we're going to cancel all services. You know, do your services at home. Blah blah blah. And they they passed that. Now in Illinois, the governor is saying you may not go to church for the next uh, year. We may close churches down. Well, wait a minute. I think this is a 
I mean, churches are responsible for their flock. And, you know, there are some crazy people out there, but there's there's, you know, churches that will say we're going to do services limited to this or we're not going to do services. And then each individual should be allowed to choose from there. Where does the state get its power to do these things? I don't think they have the power. If you'll notice in Texas, we never said that. And Governor Abbott put churches as an essential business uh, with the list that the federal government had given us. There were 16 essential businesses, and he added this one, and I think rightfully so. There are special protections for First Amendment under the Constitution, and so you can't go and restrict churches the way you can restrict other things. And so I think we've, we've made the right call. And I think in the end, look, people need help. There's a lot of people that are suffering right now because they've lost their jobs and they've gone through difficult times, health situations, and they're going to need spiritual leaders in their lives. And, and so we don't need to be telling from a, from a state position or any government saying you can't meet. And I know other states have done that. Kentucky, the governor there, was taking down license plates of people at church, uh, you know, apparently wanting to record that information to somehow use it against them. That's just not right. Uh, I have to ask you a question. Greg Abbott just tweeted, throwing Texans in jail whose businesses shut down through no fault of their own is wrong. I'm eliminating jail for violating an order retroactive to April 2nd, superseding all local orders. Criminals shouldn't be released uh, to prevent COVID-19 just to put business owners in their place. Your reaction. God bless Greg Abbott. Um, that was a great move on his part. I think he he saw what happened to Shelley Luther, and he's responded in a, a, in a responsible, appropriate way. And I say, God bless Greg Abbott, and please, I, I, I beg this judge, let this woman out of jail. She should not be there. This judge, Ken, you said it in your tweet yesterday. I, I think the guy is, I think the guy's ego was bruised by her when he said, you know, that... Uh, she had uh, what was it uh, maligned or or something something ridiculous about you defiled his order defiled his order by tearing it in half and demanded an apology this is out, absolutely out of control i agree with you i think it got personal for him and i think he, yep. he took it personally and that's why he reacted by overreacted by instead of just merely giving her a fine um, and I don't think anybody would have said anything about that, whether they agree, you know, people might have disagreed, but not to the extent of putting a woman in jail who's just trying to do her job. So let me ask you on Greg's uh, on the governor's uh, um, order here. You responded by saying, uh, uh, please, judge, please do this. Does does the governor have the right to say I'm canceling uh, all of all of these convictions and they're to be released or do the, do the judges have to agree with him? How is this going to work? So it's going to be interesting. So yes, the, the governor's order supersedes any county order that would be different than what he just ordered. The question here is it wasn't the county or state or the uh, city that really put her in jail. It was his judge and it was a contempt order. So I don't know my guess is that the judge could still keep her in jail, despite the fact that now, you know, retroactively, the, the, everything has been wiped out. And Holy cow. what he also had an order earlier this week that opened up haircuts starting tomorrow. So, you know, potentially she could still be sitting in jail, despite the fact that there's nothing wrong with it now. 
all of the penalties of being in jail have been wiped out both across the state, and this judge might still keep her in jail. I hope he doesn't do that. Everything has been taken away. There's nothing wrong with what she, she, she's done. Let's go. Let's let her out. All right. One, one last question. Um, as a business owner myself, I am looking for someone to give us some sort of protection uh, from litigation because there are already, I think, 2,400 cases uh, against businesses, et cetera, et cetera, all across the country um, on coronavirus. And if somebody walks into my place of business and they get sick, uh, am I going to get sued? It, are you guys thinking at all of any protection or giving us any kind of any kind of release from liability if we're opening up our stores and we're being responsible? Well, so that that is uh, completely controlled by the Texas legislature. Um, the governor can't really stop lawsuits, he, even with a, an executive order. It would expire. You know, he can't. He can't after the the coronavirus is no longer a threat, he, he wouldn't have the same authority. So it has to be the Texas legislature, which meets in January. And they could, uh, I believe, they could wow. just pass a law that retroactively you, uh, ended these, these, do, these lawsuits. Do you think that that is worth calling a special session for? I mean, it's an emergency. I mean, my honestly, my business partner is like, I'm not opening up these studios until I have something I can point to and say, well, no. They said we could go back to work if we did these things, you know, and I, I don't know when you're going to tell regular businesses you can open back up and everybody can come back to work. You know, we're, we're, yeah, we're I mean, we actually have no one in our studios right now. I have 80,000 square feet. I mean, I was in the middle of construction of remodeling. I not even I can't even bring the construction workers in because I'm afraid that one person who is an emergency person who's on the other side of the building could get sick. And it would just, it would destroy us. What yeah. do we do? I think you, uh, I think that's, a, that's certainly something that the, the governor should consider. It's, 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 it's definitely a, a challenging issue for businesses to not have some security as it relates to this issue. And you know, there will be lawsuits filed. So, you know, I don't know. I'm sure going the to governor's be. thinking about this. I don't know whether he's going to call a special session before January. It's 100% the governor's call. And I just have no idea whether he's going to do that. Would you be willing to pass that on to him for us? Because I know a lot of business people that are in the same boat. We want to open back up and we will be responsible. We just need some indication from the governor that it's going to be okay. You go back to work now. We need somebody to say that. So we're not there all on our own waiting for just dogs of, of, uh, of uh, litigation to devour us. Absolutely. I will communicate that message today. I think that's a, that's a good message for him. I'm sure he's already heard it, but for him to hear. I'm sure he has. So, yeah, happy to Great. do that. Ken, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's, this is some really good news. Uh, and, uh, and thank you for uh, your leadership and, and keeping us out of just really nasty things. Thank you so much. Thanks, Glenn. Have a great day. You bet. Ken Paxton, the, the Attorney General for um, Texas, who just said do less not more i think that is that's the texas way and congratulations to governor abbott for saying no one's going to jail uh for opening their businesses here in in the great state of texas all right uh, real quick let me uh, tell you about our sponsor this half hour by the way we have a great hour coming up uh next hour you don't want to miss that we have all these patriots from all over 
uh, I don't even know who they vote for. They're not all like-minded, I'm sure. Some from California that are struggling to open their business and want to open their business and are being just decimated by the states. Um, we'll talk about that coming up next hour, and they'll be with us. Norton is the security name that everybody has grown to trust to be able to have antivirus stuff. Well, they have expanded because antivirus is not enough now. Norton has 360, which con- con- includes the antivirus, but so much more. A password manager, a, a VPN with bank-grade encryption. That is so important. People don't realize how much information is just out there. Without a VPN, they're collecting everything on you. Uh, you'll have your logins and your passwords more secure and private when you're on Wi-Fi. Norton 360 is the full circle of protection around you. Norton 360, a powerful ally for your cyber safety. Right now, you can get up to 50% off your first year with the annual subscription at norton.com slash back. Nobody can prevent all cybercrime, but man, they are they are the ones that have the whole circle covered. It's norton.com slash back. Get to up to 50% off right now. Norton.com slash back. Terms do apply. Arguing with Socialists, the new book from Glenn Beck. Get it now on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Wow. Uh, hello and welcome to the uh, program. Uh, we just had Ken Paxton on. Uh, he was commenting about Shelley Luther, the salon owner in Dallas that is now in jail on contempt. Uh, Governor uh, Abbott just released um, a uh, an order that said no one is going to jail. Uh, I rescind all uh, verdicts to, to send anyone to jail uh, for opening up their business. He said this is a travesty uh, and um, and it he's urging uh, all of the judges, well, one in particular, that just threw Shelley Luther into jail on contempt because he can't overturn that, apparently, according to the attorney general. The judge has to do that. This guy is an out-of-control judge. We'll see what happens. Uh, that should be developing here, possibly, by the time we get off the air today. Um, also, this is, I mean, Shelley Luther could become the next you know, mini Rosa Parks because we are in uh, a civil rights crisis. And we're going to talk to a few more of these people coming up next. Uh, I have to tell you, I, uh, I just point, I just posted a uh, picture. What I think last night of uh, the new puppy uh, that my kids have next door. And she's just so beautiful and she was over yesterday with uno um and uh just playing just so cute this huge huge dog and this little teeny puppy uno is is so active right now i've never seen him like this and it's because of rough greens it's an additive it's not a dog food it has digestive enzymes probiotics even omega oils and antioxidants everything your dog needs if you want your dog to thrive do what i've done roughgreens.com slash back that's roughgreens.com slash back of entertainment and enlightenment. 
Do you remember when Governor Cuomo was asked by a member of the press who's actually listening to people, they're trying to find a job, they can't get any money from the PPP, they're not getting their unemployment insurance yet, and they're struggling. They need money. They got to get a job. And he snidely said, let them get uh, an essential workers job. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you, Governor. Well, now the news comes out that the state of New York is now starting to furlough essential workers. So if you had an essential workers job, well, what are you going to do, Governor? People are not listening. The, the, the state does not understand people's dreams are being crushed. And we are now in a new civil rights era. It's, it's, it's taken this for us to look at the Constitution again. Thank God we have it. We're going to talk to three, I think, emerging civil rights kind of activists. People who say, I have a right to work. And they're all sane. And none of them wants everybody to get sick. They just don't want to lose everything that they've ever had. And they're being persecuted and prosecuted by their states and their local authorities. We go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, listen. um, If people think that we are out, they don't know who Americans are. The minute Uncle Sam takes our uh, his boot off of our throat, the minute we have the opportunity to get past our fear and start innovating and coming back to work, we will and we'll come roaring back. We have an American spirit that I think is different. Now, ZipRecruiter is there. If you've lost your job and you need a new job, they are there. They are one of the biggest job recruiting centers uh, in the country. In fact, I think they are the biggest. Um, They actually started out as a software system that would help people post on all of the different job boards. Its technology has changed so much. They have one or two floors, this huge building in Los Angeles that is just uh, uh, algorithmic specialists. And they will help find the right person for your job, usually in an hour. So when we start hiring again, they're going to have the right person ready for you. So just just check them out today at ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. And the reason why I say work together is I want you to understand when we all work together, we win. That's what America does. When we work together, we win. If you haven't been able to find a job, I want you also to reach out to ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. Do it now. Let's be prepared so we can go forward and really make a difference in the world again. So I read this story. About a guy who uh, is in Los Angeles and in Montrose, and he has he has something called the Wine Cave, and he's not a crazy guy. He's not somebody that is you know trying to uh, make sure everybody is sick or capitalize on this. He's just a guy who cannot get unemployment. He hasn't been able to get a check from the state. Uh, he hasn't been able to get anything from PPP. So he's out of money, and he's going to lose everything. 
And he decided, you know what? I don't care what Los Angeles says. I've got to open. I'm either homeless or I'm in jail. Uh, and the, the city of Los Angeles has done one worse, I think, to this man. Joseph, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm good. So now you you are the owner of what's called the Wine Cave. You're married. You have a couple of kids. Uh, and you were doing what everybody else is doing. You were you know, sheltering in place, et cetera, et cetera. And then you applied yeah. for a PPP loan and, uh, you know, some yeah. unemployment insurance. And what happened there? Uh, nothing happened. I have not received anything from the unemployment, uh, neither from the PPP. All I've been getting is uh, I had my fourth email actually last Friday saying that your application is in, in process and it will be processed due to the order that was received. That's all I've heard so far. It's been over a month and a half or so since I applied for both. And so you have no money coming in. Does your wife work? Uh, my wife works, but she doesn't make too much money. But what I'm doing at the moment is uh, to just get some sort of income coming in. I am opening in the afternoons from 3 to 6 just to carry out bottles of wine, which is really not my forte in business, but uh, because I'm not a wine shop, I'm a wine bar. So I have to sell these bottles at a wine bar prices, which is, as you know, it's not as expensive. inexpensive as... Yes, I, I can't sell it as a supermarket uh, price, in other words. Yes. I can't sell yes. these bottles at $14, dollars $16. I have to charge at least minimum 30 to $35 for them. But thank, thanks to my community and my friends, all the support that I've received, I mean, it's helped, but it's nowhere near what I need to go on and survive this business. Right. You're making now about 10% of what you would normally make. And there's, I mean, you haven't been able to pay your rent for two months, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely right. Yes, I haven't paid in April, neither nor May. So here in Texas, we just uh, we just spoke to the attorney general here in Texas, uh, and they just reversed uh, throwing people into jail here. We had a judge throw somebody who opened up their salon into jail, and the governor was a little pissed about it. And so he said, no more throwing people in jail for this. Um, but they're doing something, I think, worse to you because you were prepared to go to jail, right? Absolutely, sir. I know if you saw my segment on the local news, I said the only way I would not I open this bar if they handcuffed me and take me to jail. That's what I told. That was the last the statement I made. But uh, if I may continue, the reason why I kind of backed off and did not open the bar because I was threatened by the authorities, directly and indirectly, that I could lose my both my liquor license and my business license. And if you lose those, and you cannot operate, period. So it would have been business suicide. So that's why, like, wait a minute. I'm ready to go to jail, but I cannot lose my licenses. Just in case if we open up, hopefully soon, I have to have the licenses to operate. That was the only reason why, why I did not open that Friday. So they control you no matter what. You, you cannot pursue, as our Declaration of Independence says, pursue your happiness. Yes. Can't do it. Yes, sir. I totally agree with you. I, you know, I was thinking about it last time before I went to bed. I said, land of the brave and the home of the free. We you know this is not home free. I'm not free anymore. You know, I'm being controlled by a government. But so no constitutional rights. Where's my First Amendment rights? You know, and I would understand everything that's going on. 
I said to them, I'm going to open up with a, with a six feet social distancing, practicing that, practicing, uh, handing out gloves to my customers. I would have hand sanitizers, masks if anybody needed. I was going to serve the wine in uh, disposable uh, cups. But I guess none of these matter. But yet, when you go to these larger stores, which I went specifically Sunday to see, I, was, I visited a Target and I visited a Home Depot. There were hundreds of people half wearing masks, half not wearing masks, walking around the aisles. Just, it just doesn't make sense how those companies, I understand they're more essential maybe than wine is, but I need to go on and survive and, and uh, provide for my family. And that's what yeah, the, your survival, you, you may not be providing an essential service uh, per se, um, but your survival is essential and you have a right to survive where these other companies, you're exactly right. The standards, I could do those standards in my business, but I'm not allowed to do those standards because I'm not an essential business. Well, wait a minute. Hang on just a second. I'm an essential American. We all are. And we all have uh, these certain unalienable rights that cannot be ever violated. And they're all being violated. Um, so what are you what, what are your what are your plans? How long can you last without any kind of, you know, aid from anyone? Well, um, my landlady is being very lenient. So I am actually uh, I just good. recently. uh opened up a GoFundMe page. I received a few thousand dollars today, so I paid my utility bill, I paid my insurance bill, I paid my health insurance for the family. Uh, so uh, how long can I last? I mean, uh, who knows, man, maybe another two weeks or so. So I don't know, I mean, I, uh, well, if I don't pay my rent, any- obviously, I don't know. Go ahead. Is there anybody in California, any agency, anybody that is working with you to fight for your rights? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No, sir. No. Holy cow. Holy I cow. Just, the, only, the, the, only, the only support I've received was through my bar customers and friends that come to the bar frequently. It's a very popular little uh, local spot in Montrose, California, which is only 15 minutes north of downtown L.A., uh, but besides that, nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. Um, received a phone call from an agency. I'm not going to mention names. Uh, you're jeopardizing your liquor license. Received another phone call from another agency. Your CDO of Glendale will take action against you. I'm like, oh, wow, really? That's how this is going to work? And I said to everybody who oh, actually yeah. called me to give me this news, I said, you're sitting behind a desk. You're getting your paycheck. I said, uh, how am I supposed to survive and provide for my family? Their answer was, something will prevail. Oh, okay, good. Well, we got that going for us. Joseph, thank you so much. Um, God bless you, and we'll, we'll uh, follow your progress. Thank you so much. All right, so there's a guy, normal, didn't want to hurt anybody, you know, just said, I- I've got to survive. Now he's on the air, and he's afraid to tell you the name of the agency that is threatening his business because he knows they could be vindictive. And I, I, I'm pretty sure I've had dealings with that, uh, that group uh, of officials. And I think uh, if it's the group I'm thinking of, they are. Uh, and out-of-control lefties, if I am not mistaken. So now, let's go to another part of the country. I want to introduce you to somebody else who opened up his store. 
it didn't even want to have any customers it was not in play, it was not going to do anything he just turned the sign over open as a protest you can't tell me what to do again no intention of having a single customer come in just turned the sign over wait until you hear his story we'll do that in 60 seconds stand by want to talk to you a little bit about uh gold line here jp morgan goldman sachs and bank of america all may now say that gold is going to go up to three thousand dollars an ounce in the next couple of years now that sounds great i i told you in 2002 uh when gold was about i don't i don't remember 300 400 bucks uh, an ounce ah gold's gonna be over a thousand it's now 1700 Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America are all telling uh, their advisors, uh, their economic advisors are coming out and they're all telling the people that they advise $3,000 an ounce. Okay. I don't have any experience on any of that stuff. Here's what I do have experience. The world is going insane. We're doing insane things with our money. And until I start to see a retreat from insanity, I'm going to safe havens. And may I recommend gold at Goldline? There is a shortage of gold already, and that is just because of what's happening over in Europe. It hasn't even started over here yet. There's already a shortage of gold. Now, Goldline has acquired a very small selection of historic $5 Liberty Gold coins minted in 1901. They're historic coins. I buy these for a reason. I put my money where my mouth is. I Full disclosure, I just bought some of these. Um, because I, I think quarter ounce gold coins going to probably play a role uh, in the future. It's tangible assets that uh, change in value that you don't have to worry about reselling later. You know, I'm not trying to make money on it. I'm trying to have money when no one has anything of value. Goldline, goldline.com, 866-GOLDLINE. Call them now, 866-GOLDLINE. 10 seconds, station ID. Now you want to talk about you want to talk about being a non-essential business. I would say the Apex Tattoo Factory would fit into that category. Now we have the business owner uh, Matthew Matthew uh, Jacks Myers. Uh, he's on, and Matthew, you were arrested back in April because the governor Roy Cooper said you have to close your business everybody has to close their business and you didn't agree with that is that right matthew yeah yep yeah i mean i mean and he, he we've got some pretty pretty extingent things going on as far as his power and what he can do here in north carolina uh and so you were not planning on having anybody come into the store do i have this right that you just really turned over the the open sign as a sign yeah, of protest. I mean, yeah, it, it, there was a constant, uh, United States Constitution on the door and a Gadsden flag in the window. I mean, yeah, it was completely 100% protest. And you were closed down within a couple of minutes, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, and you went to jail and, and you were booked in jail. Released, oh, yeah. but booked. Yes, sir. Tell me about tell me about that. What were you booked on? What were the officers like? 
Uh, so, so the the Apex Police Department. I mean, they didn't want to arrest me. They did everything in their power that they could um, to not arrest me. But but it came down in, in later in articles that somebody from higher up basically told them they had to. And um, as far as like being booked and stuff, I mean, they were there were signs all over the place, you know, saying that they needed to take uh, PPE. But I mean, they pulled my mask off. They didn't let, let me wash my hands after being frisked. They were pulling the stuff out of my pockets. And, and I literally, I got released with a guy that had 14 felony drug charges and a, a pretty unsavorable uh, stalking charge that wouldn't stop pacing around the room. And he was released. Why? Uh, I have no clue. I, they, they just don't want him in the, in the jails, I guess. Um, uh, control the population as far as maybe the covid mm. okay so i read a statement from the mayor of uh, apex and uh he said i'm gonna be there after all of it and i extend my hand to help you um i'm in this with you uh and uh he said what i would say about him is he's making decision that obviously i wouldn't make in my current position but i'm not in his current position i don't know exactly how he feels yeah so your relationship with the with the mayor sounds good yeah yep he actually owns a small business that was that is in my my same complex because this is a chain of small businesses um that i'm next to and he did. He tried to call me and say, hey, you know, I already know that you're going through some financial stuff. You don't need a charge on top of it. And I just told him, you know, the both the state and, and the United States Constitution prevents him from, from charging me with anything. He may charge me now, but it's not going to float. So other than that, you know, just convincing the four ladies that live in my house that their dad was going to jail was was pretty unnerving. So where do you go from here? Who's helping you? What do you expect to happen? I know there was a $2,000, was that that $2,000 bail that you had to post? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the media, the media downplayed it. It, it. Even the state statute says it's a class two misdemeanor, but I got charged with a class one misdemeanor and a $2,000 fine. Um, as far as what, what happens from here, um, I'm not going to stop. Um, I've joined up with, with reopen NC and I was, I was following them when I did it, but now that I have a voice and that people are looking, you know, to me, I, I've joined up with Reopen NC, and and what we're going to do is we're going to put ten thousand people. I want twenty thousand people to come and and sit outside of this house because the the people that I see that are there, those are all small business owners, and they're not just random people showing up for the cause. I, I went early part of the reason that caused me to, to do the protest with my business was just showing up there an hour early and talking to people and just being heartbroken by, by the fact that I wasn't alone. Like everybody's story is the same as mine. Nobody's getting any kind of relief. And, and this really wouldn't be such an issue, but sole proprietors aren't getting anything. And, and when you have double bills and double rent or, or a mortgage and a rent or you're buying a building and then business loans. And, and people just think that we're, we're being selfish. But what it is is we're trying to keep our dream alive. And, and nobody's getting any help. 
you can't call anywhere because the lines are all busy. Most of the major bank sources w- seem like they don't really care about the little money, you know? Mm. It's, it's really yeah. disheartening. Yeah, I, uh, I, Matthew, I, as a business owner myself, I completely relate. I've, I've been thinking about my dad a lot. Um, he was a small business owner, had a small bakery in a little teeny town, and there's no way we would have survived this as a family. There's just no way. Um, if, if he couldn't open his doors, and I know my dad would have done the same thing that you just did. I, I'm, in fact, he would have opened and started selling stuff, and he would have said, arrest me. Um, I'm, I'm feeding my children. And I have a right to do that. Um, I think we are headed for r- a real, perhaps healthy, uh, civil rights uh, era where we are actually going back and looking at the Constitution and uh, understanding our rights. I wish you the best. I wish you peace uh, and success in all that you do, Matthew. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's Matthew Myers. He's from uh, Apex Tattoo Factory in North Carolina, defying the governor there, Roy Cooper's executive order. Back in a minute. You're listening to Glenn Beck. This is... What is happening to us? Uh, All right, I want to talk to you about relief factor. If you're in pain, please get out of pain. It's really easy. Um, the, The biggest thing that happens when people try relief factor... The biggest response from the letters and the emails that they get at Relief Factor is, I'm shocked that it worked. And I, I know, because I was too. And people are shocked because it's usually the last step that they've taken. I mean, they just can't, they've, they've done everything else. They've gone to all the doctors and taken all the drugs and prescriptions and everything else, and they hate it, and it doesn't work anyway. And then somebody says, like I'm saying to you right now, just try it. Just try it. I've tried it. I take it every day, three times a day for the last two years, and it has dramatically relieved my pain. Dramatically. I have days, I have weeks that are great now. It's Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com. 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn for 30 bucks off. Get this show, Stu Does America as well, all with your subscription. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're so glad you're here. Um, uh, years ago, I hired uh, somebody to be our military and global affairs researcher and writer. Uh, his name is uh, Jason Buttrill, and he is he's a, an amazing guy. He has been uh, now named our head writer and chief researcher on all things. Uh, he's responsible for a lot of uh, what we uh, expose on any of our specials on Wednesday night. I've asked him to look into this Venezuela operation, um, and he joins us now. Hi, Jason. How are you? Hey, Glenn. Doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, so this this story here on Venezuela is amazing, um, and they have just now uh, trotted one of these former, I think, Green Berets or Special Forces uh, members out in front of television in Venezuela. Uh, and I'll ask you to, to, to 
tell me about them here in just a second. But he was arrested in Venezuela uh, and admitted to a plot to capture President Maduro. Uh, He said that he and six Venezuelan mercenaries, along with another American, uh, were commanded by by Donald Trump uh, to go and kidnap uh, Maduro. That doesn't sound like a very good plan, if indeed is true. Yeah, you believe it came from the White House in any way, shape or form. Absolutely not. And I think that's the best way to or the best jumping off point to look at the story, because I've looked into the story. I've actually reached out to people that were I want to don't want to say involved and I'm going to be very careful to keep their uh, their identities hidden. But um, they were they did go to the training camps, which, w- which were in Colombia. They did help initially in some of the training. But one of the reasons why they backed out was because they said that there was no uh, support from any government whatsoever. There was no support from the transition government with Gallardo and uh, Venezuela, and there was definitely no U.S. government support. And that caused many okay. people to say, look, well, I'm, I don't want to have anything to do with this. So they went down, the people you spoke to went down and were part of this training early on and then figured it out and went, this is crazy. Yeah, I mean they right. they reported uh they, they reported, you know, malnourished soldiers on the ground. They reported a, a lack of weapons. They reported a low amount of uh, actual soldiers that could pull this off. So the people that were involved were, you know, to be pretty bluntly, uh known drug traffickers. In fact, the the head, his name is Alcala, was a general under Chavez. And he's been a dissident. He uh, mm. separated from the Maduro uh, military. He was involved in the get-go from a lot of the armed uprisings we saw back in April of last year. Um, he is now in a U.S. prison because he was involved with Chavez <laughs> to smuggle cocaine uh, up into the United States. These are the people that were so, involved here. So who was paying for it? Was he involved in paying for it? Very good question, because the American contractor uh, that kind of set everything up, the former uh, special uh, Green Beret, uh, Jordan Goudreau, he said that initially they had the Venezuelan transition government on board. They promised to pay them money, but the money never showed up. Now, there's been a lot of people we've been trying to follow the money trail. There's been multiple uh, millionaires, billionaires, uh, some of them in the United States who initially sounded like they were giving some money. But it pretty much sounds like once they figured out the scope of this, that they actually were going to do an invasion with 300 men, Glenn. The Venezuelan army (laughs) has over 140,000. Now, they had 300 men. (laughs) 300. I mean, you know, that's that. Isn't that that famous movie? 300 and that famous story (laughs) from what? Troy, 300 men. It's Uh, a No. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is crazy. Now, Maduro is taking this guy and uh, he is just spilling his guts. But he's he's saying that a, a company called Silver Corp yeah. uh, was involved in this. What is Silver Corp? So Silver Corp is uh, Jordan Goudreau's, the former uh, Green Beret. It's his company. If you look on it, it looks like a lot of the <laughs> the contractor, shady contractor type websites. There's really no way to get in contact right. with them. They just show them doing pictures of cool stuff, you know, wearing earpieces or, you know, running around with their shirts off up mountains and stuff and saying they can provide. So it's cool like a, a black, a black water wannabe, a black water wannabe. 
Exactly. Less legit. So like Blackwater, the way they would operate is they would get a government contract that's fully sponsored by the U.S. government and they would go do something. That's the first way you can do those things. The second is you get full uh, support from the host nation. Some contractors do that. This guy went option C, which was none of the above. (laughs) We're just going to say screw it, gather a bunch of guys and go in. (laughs) Yeah. And their plan was to go take the airport. I mean, this guy describes it on television in Venezuela that my job was to take the airport and secure the him to take the airport and secure the perimeter. Uh What was their plan beyond that? So from what I can tell, what they expected was they're claiming to have larger support within Venezuela. Now, that very well could be true. But I guess really to fully understand it, we've got to go back to April of 2019. April 2019, I don't know if you remember, but that's when you know there was an actual like kind of turn in, a lot, in some of the soldiers. There was that big uprising at one of the military bases. Uh, Gallardo uh, kind of emerged at that point. The U.S. government said, okay, we support this guy. And we thought more military were going to start flipping. Well, that failed. When that failed, I always wondered what mm-hmm. happened to those guys. Where'd they go? Well, they went to Colombia. And this story continues as all coup stories happen in a Marriott in Bogota, Colombia. Um, <laughs> don't all coup stories. They end up of course in a they Marriott. do. I don't, I don't know what yes, to do. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, they always do. So that's when all of these guys are clean. Together. They have a Bible in the in the in the bedside. And so it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, even revolutionaries want a nice place to stay. Um, so what happens to this guy? I mean, first of all, he is claiming on television that he got his orders direct from Donald Trump, which uh, is laughable. I mean, there's no Donald Trump. If he's going to go in, he's going in. He's not going in with this guy. Yeah. No, this is dumb. Nobody would support this plan. His claims are absolutely false, which we verified uh, ourselves. Um, I don't know what happens to him. Uh, Pompeo said yesterday that the U.S. government was going to do what they could to try and get them back. But I personally don't think that they're going to be able to do anything. We've already got sanctions on them. We're not going to push this too far because it wasn't sanctioned. And then we don't want to make it look like it was sanctioned. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Why would we want these guys back? I mean, you know. If I go into another country and I break the law, I have to pay the price in that the United States government's not going to come and save me. You know, I have to pay the fine or go to jail or whatever it is. These guys were going in to foment a revolution and a coup. And while I agree with the goal, I didn't. Why are we saving them? That's it, true. It will come down directly to that. And, it, you know, these these were big boys. They knew what they were doing. This is awful. The situation is awful. Um, I think I think the official numbers are around nine men died, including the Americans that were captured. They're alive. But mm. it was a, it was a tragedy. And, you know, this kind of all this really all falls on Jordan Goudreau, the guy that, you know, started this. It, it was his plan. He was in command of these guys. He convinced them to go. Jordan Goudreau, if, if if he's even listening to this, you need to go offer yourself. You need to go say, hey, look, I offer myself, let my men go. Because this is all on his so- shoulders. A 300-troop plan to topple a government is absolutely ridiculous. It's all on his shoulders. He needs to trade himself for his men and get them out of there. Well, you know how ridiculous this charge is when the media, who has tried to pin everything on Donald Trump, I mean everything, when the media is not running with this as an attempted coup, 
you know it would be very damaging if 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 it were a coup uh that donald trump had done if it was a you know uh iran contra kind of thing but it's so clearly not that even the mainstream media is not running with that narrative now this is a, this is basically like uh, I don't know. This is more like Bay of Pigs. If the Apple Dumpling Gang grabbed the local ga- crime lord and said, "Hey, let's go invade <laughs> a country or something like that," um, and the way they tied it to Donald Trump, they said, "Look, this guy would like did security with Trump," and they they pull all these screenshots of him providing security at a lot of Trump rallies. Hey, I'm sorry, but probably every contractor in America when they're not overseas has provided security for President Trump at one of his rallies. So that's easy to find. There's no, absolutely no connection between this guy and Donald Trump, besides the fact that he knew Trump's former bodyguard and used that uh, connection to become, you know, to do security at some of these. That that is it. That's all. Unbelievable. Thank you very much, uh, Jason. I appreciate it. And keep us up to speed on this, because I find this story fascinating. Just fascinating. I was watching this this you know hostage video if you will where he is uh, he's saying all these things and i thought to myself i haven't seen this i think since the cold war i I, I haven't seen anything like this i mean uh it's it's just bizarre just bizarre any idea how he's probably being treated or why he's saying these things is he being tortured or is this just him just i don't know trying to get preferential treatment well, he's been given the same treatment I've been given, and he's probably tapping into that as seer survival of Asian resistance escape. And what he's doing right now is delaying as long as possible. So he'll give out information. That might, it sounds bad that he's admitting to things, but he's doing what he has to do in order to save, to, to stall for time so that he can survive. So that's what he's doing right now. He's giving them little bits of information. He's giving them little bits of little victories for them so he can get small victories for himself. Maybe I shouldn't be saying a lot of this where I get in trouble and I get a knock on the door from a guy in a black suit, but he's doing what exactly what he needs to do to stall for time. Right. And we we've seen this happen before and our military always knows about what these guys are doing. Unfortunately, this guy uh, is out on his own. I would be for rescuing people if this if our president or our Pentagon was behind it. And it was a failed deal. We have a responsibility to that individual to go save them. Uh, but not if you're doing this on your own. Not if you're right. doing it on your own. And it's, 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 uh, uh, it's a totally different story. So thank you very much, right. Jason. I appreciate it. You bet. Okay. Uh, our uh, sponsor is LifeLock. You know how people always told you, oh, they have so much potential. Oh, my gosh. And it's you got to live up to your potential. You just got to do. Uh, it's just great. Yeah, well, I've got great news out there. Somebody uh, still recognizes your potential. Um, whether you're doing it, you'll be sitting eating Cheetos. You know, your underpants are all orange from whatever. But uh, that's fine. Somebody sees your potential. And that may just be the potential of your identity, your uh, your social security number, your home address, all of that stuff. You need to protect what you have. If you're not living up to your potential, somebody else will. And if you are really living up to your potential, somebody else will still try to take it. 
No one can prevent all identity theft, but it is a very important crime that's going on. Nobody can monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is there, and they will see some of the threats that you might miss on your own. You join now, and you'll save up to 25% off of your first year by using the promo code BECK. Call them now at 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Uh, they, the important thing is, is they don't just alert you that there's a problem. They have a team of specialists that will work with you to fix the problem if there is one. Call them now, 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25% off now. 1-800-LIFELOCK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So Donald Trump's valet uh, has tested positive for coronavirus. Um, well, that's not good. Uh, the president has been retested and he has come clean uh, on his test. But the big question is, um, I didn't even know there were valets anymore. I mean, what, what, what is this, Downton Abbey? What, what the hell is I must be dressed for dinner. Uh, tie my tie for me, please. What, what, what the hell is a valet do? I don't know. I guess uh, the, it says in the article that, that they're like high-ranking like military officials, basically. Like they're highly trained uh, in the military. It's like not just some passing job that they give out to like the local parking establishment. It's apparently being that close no, to the president that often car. is a pretty big deal. <laughs> Uh, throw the keys to the beast to the valet. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. Who knew? I'd like someone qualified other than just the guy who could fit that sized red jacket to park the beast, please. Yeah. Um, but, but so a valet used to be somebody who would, uh, was in charge of the personal dressings and everything else that the, you know, the guy would need. So he would lay out his suit and tie and then actually help him get dressed. I'm sure that's not happening. Uh, but then it became the parking guy. What, what is the valet? What does the presidential look this up real quick? So just do a search. What does the presidential valet do <laughs> besides have coronavirus? <laughs> presidential valets here we go um okay mm -hmm. all right oh he's got more than one well i mean this is going back in history uh well it does okay. seem like there was something to do with the clothing uh back yeah, in the well, day that's that's what it was back in the day mm -hmm. um let's see uh some would wake wake him up and remind him of the day's schedule this was uh i mean it okay. seems like a personal assistant ish type of thing i, I don't know i mean who knows? I, I don't know. I just hope he's not getting the Maybe president the, sick. Yeah. And uh, I mean, why do you have to be a trained military guy to do that? Other than, I mean, you know, are you this is the guy that's like, hey, dude, we got to go. You're late for what? I don't know. But you're late. Come on, let's go. They're just telling me you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> is that what the valet does? It's a good question. And we should add Brad. Brad Meltzer would have known this off the top of his head he would have known this. yes we should have asked he him. would have known it he would have known the names of the most important valets in history too mm -hmm. and he was written six books about different valets throughout history <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, oh, you didn't read my book being the presidential mm -hmm. valet <laughs> according to the white house historical society there are few people who work more closely physically speaking with the president and his family than the president's valet position dates back to george washington every president has had at least one valet who helps him dress maintains his clothes and sees to his personal needs within the residence who knew hmm. 
Who knew? No wonder people want and this it's job. Still the, that's, wait, that's still the job? That's, that's what it seems like. Uh, conditioning so to caring for the presidential <laughs> clothing. Valets were personal assistants, messengers, confidants, nurses, barbers, bartenders, waiters, public relations wow. agents, and companions. Okay, so... Wow. Okay, so, so the valet would be the guy who gets him the Big Mac... And then when the special sauce is on his jacket, also has to go upstairs and get another jacket for him. <laughs> there you go. Nice and easy. Okay. All right. You're listening to Glenn Beck. 